0: Here are details of some of tonight's programmes. At 10 o'clock, a panel of teenagers will be discussing the growing problem of delinquency amongst clergymen.
1: (laughs) Finally, Bernard Levin will be talking about how he's been a lifelong sufferer from foot-in-the-mouth disease.
0: (laughs) Meanwhile, for those of you who are more easily pleased, here's 30 minutes of Glittering Codswallop as we take you round the hall. The story so far. Inspector Bill Pertwee, he of the beetling brows and spidery legs, leant against the mantelpiece in the library at Mallory Grange and surveyed the company. His eyes darted round the room and rolled under the ottoman. <laughs> which was played by Hugh Paddock in a yashmak. Who was the murderer? Was it the butler, balding, bow-legged old Betty Marsden? <laughs> Or perhaps the lovely Nubian belly dancer, Kenneth
2: Williams.
0: (laughs) Suddenly the lights went out and he heard a sound the like of which no man had heard and lived.
3: In an awful croak, the words rasped out. Good evening, my name's Kenneth (laughs) Horne. And welcome, welcome to Round the Horn. Well, here to begin with are the answers to last week's quiz. Question one, that was the sporting question. The answers were a hole in one, a hole in two, and a cigarette burn in the other. <laughs> the answer to question two, well, of course, the odd man out was Edwin Braden. The others, of course, are washable. <laughs> by the way, Edwin Braden has taken over the baton from Paul Fenley on this show. We hope that in time he'll learn to use it. <laughs> Uh, so, for the rest of this series, we shall be seeing Edwin on the podium.
4: Many times. Many, many, right. many, t- right. many now, times.
3: Many Thank you. Many, now, finally, the question on, uh, question on etiquette. The answer was in three parts as follows. Not with your fingers. You shouldn't in the bath.
2: <laughs>
3: and yes, if you feel you really must, but you get crumbs in the bed. Which attracts the birds.
2: All right, all right.
3: Well now, today marks the anniversary of that eminent Victorian bird fancier, Nemesis Fothergill, known perhaps better to ornithologists and the police as the birdman of Potter's Bar. He first achieved prominence when he discovered Trustpot's yellow black corn paw, for which Trusspot had been looking for weeks. Shortly after this, he was the first man to record the cry of the lesser-spotted willow warbler, so called because it has less spots than other willow warblers. <laughs> this bird usually emits a sound resembling chuck 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 chuck, I'll repeat. I'll repeat that. Chuck
2: chuck chuck
3: But during the mating season, it changes to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose during the mating season he'd have more to be happy about, wouldn't he? Perhaps Nemesis was best known for his experiments in cross breeding. Being short sighted, this led to some surprising results. As witness, Fothergill's lesser spotted flying fox terrier. A <laughs> speech. Especially... <laughs> A species which is almost extinct, fortunately. I mean, it's a bit unnerving to find a bird scratching at the door and barking to go walkies. But certainly his most successful venture in this field was to produce a turkey with six legs for large families who each wanted a drumstick. The experiment was a great success, but unfortunately he could never catch the blighters. Well, there you are. Don't say I never tell you anything. Now... We come to the spot in the show where we pay tribute to the backroom boys of the BBC.
2: All right, there.
3: All right. This week, the audience research department are the people who go from door to door finding out what you, the public, want to hear or see. Last week, I went out with one of the BBC's highly trained investigators to see how it was done. Well, you see, Mr. Horn, we just take a typical street like this, and then we go from door to door asking questions and filling out this questionnaire. Well, you take this side of the road, and I'll take the other. Right, I'll try this house first.
4: You, the sanitary? No. The HP? No. The council? No.
2: Ned! It's the law! <laughs>
4: I, I
3: only wanted to ask you a few questions. Right?
4: No, I meant to take the stuff back to the supermarket, honest, honest I did. Them tins of salmon must have just fell off the shelf and slipped down me bloomers. Honest, honest I didn't realise till I got back here, oh, I hadn't been well. I've been under the doctor, I had one of
2: my turns. Need,
5: need! Tell the constable. Oh, you're not taking my mummy. Don't take away from me. You're not taking my mummy. You don't take my mummy.
2: What become of me? What become of me if you take my mummy? Oh, my mummy. Don't die, mummy. No. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta a I'm I'm uh, No, no, my no. Mummy. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
3: Two, now calm yourself, isn't he? I'm trying to explain, but it's very difficult to be coherent with you belabouring me about the knees with a pickaxe handle.
4: Stop it, lady, or you'll get done for grievous bodily.
2: Constable. Mm-hmm.
4: If I turn Queen's evidence against Marneddy, will it go easier for me? Don't let them send me back to that place! I don't want
3: to send anyone anywhere. I'm just conducting an inquiry on behalf of the BBC into people's viewing and listening
4: habits. Oh. Well. Yes. Yeah, well, we feel that there's been too much violence on television. (laughs)
3: So I tried at another house. Oh, good morning, Mr. Oh, the...
6: Grant Please,
2: <laughs> please,
6: P's, P's Grant Fatuck, J, P's Noward Grant Fatuck. Archbishop. <laughs>
3: Archbishop?
6: Yes, well, it's a honorary title. You see, I'll give it to myself. It was the... It was the voices that told me. The voices, they told me. They talked to me. They said, Go forth, they said. Be the lay preacher at the Elfire and Damnation Tabernacle. It's, <laughs> it's over the chip shop at Brixton. Do you know it? Yes, yes. Yes, uh, yes, uh, yes,
3: I know it quite well. Right, oh, I thought it was a dance hall. Ah,
6: oh, yes, it was. I oh. uh, was. But it come to pass that the Philistines and their birds did cause a great. <laughs> And their birds did cause a great unrest in the land, and verily the bogies did descend upon them. <laughs> ah. And did smite them hip and thigh and sent them forth for a carpet up the wormwood (laughs) Scrub. And then they did hire the place to the brotherhood of a Friday, seeing as our Sundays was bingo. Come up up and confess your sins one Friday, brother. You'll hear some smashing sins up there of a Friday after the pubs are closed. (laughs) Oh, we spread the message of good cheer and hope.
3: Good cheer. What message is that?
6: Uh, we be doomed. <laughs> we be all doomed. <laughs> doomed, I tell you. I'm sure you will
3: I be, I've got yeah. touch of the doom. I, <laughs> I should have a bit of a gargle you with you. <laughs> but what, look, what I really want to know is this. Um, what do you watch of an evening?
6: That building across the road. <laughs> with the easy binoculars. Oh, you should see the sin that goes on over there, brother. Oh, the lights burning all night. People creeping about in their night attire.
3: Look, I'm uh, sorry to disappoint you, but it's the general hospital.
6: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, another illusion shattered. Yes. Yes, yes
3: very and interesting, Mr. Norman. Norman, is yes, it? Yes, no. gothic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Urshies laughs> different. Oh. Uh, could you tell me, sir, uh, something about your viewing habits? Yes,
6: I am, as you will have gathered, by vocation, a peeping Tom. So, when any lissom young female of his Judith Chalmers or Peggy Mel, comes on the screen, <laughs> I shut the doors in front of the set immediately. Why do you do that? I like to watch through the keyhole. <laughs>
3: So much then for the backroom boys. Now, Smith, Smith, put that hip flask of foot embrocation away and announce the next item. Now, sorry, sir, it's purely medicinal. Oh, oh your story. <laughs>
0: now, trends.
3: This is the part of the show for the jet set, as opposed to people of my age, the Sopwith Camel crowd. <laughs> First, fashion.
4: Bosoms are out again.
2: <laughs>
3: well, uh, when they come in, will you tell them I called?
4: <laughs> Swimwear. Two-piece bathing suits are out. And everybody's wearing one-piece costume. Oh,
3: really? Which piece? Well, I always wear the bottom piece. It avoid complications. <laughs>
4: Here's some inside news. Who was seen in the royal park wearing a one-piece woolen suit?
3: A sheep? <laughs> now here are some travel trends. A few suggestions for with it holidays.
1: Sunny cannibal-infested South Borneo beckons. I've never known anyone who's come back disappointed, but then I've never known anyone who has come back. <laughs>
3: Or there's a fine choice of agricultural working holidays. You can go hopping in Kent.
1: Or even better, leaping about in Leicestershire.
2: (laughs) Or if you prefer
1: Or if you prefer it, there's Blackberry Inn in Norfolk.
3: Muck spreading in Shropshire.
1: Or chicken sexing in (laughs) Hampshire.
3: Finally, we come to trends in entertainment. Following the trend in pirate radio stations comes news of a new development. A German pirate TV station operating from a ship somewhere off the coast of Germany
0: called the S.S. Himmler. Here is an excerpt from a typical quiz show.
2: As yes, this is Douglas
0: Schmidt welcoming you to another session of that gemütlich quiz show, Double Your <laughs> And here is your junior quiz master, Happy Heinrich Schnitzel!
5: Thank you! <laughs> Dankeschön, and welcome to another session of W Phoenix. Brunhilde, bring on the first and Ja,
4: Herr Schnitzel.
5: Feining in love again, but never won.
6: <laughs> They're always playing so hard to get. What a girl! <laughs> You know what her telephone number is? Ah, oh,
5: nine nine nine. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now we've had our little fun, and
1: so on with the show. Here is our first contestant, Herr Wilhelm Stumpf. Well, Willie. Really. and where are you from? Oh, well, I'm from Düsseldorf. How
5: about that? A big hand, for Little Willie Stumpf from Düsseldorf. Right. <laughs> I can
6: see we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Brunhilde. The first question. It is a question on music. From
4: 100 Phoenix, who wrote the Emperor Concerto?
1: Uh, the Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Willy. Really think. Who wrote the Emperor Concerto?
1: I, I can't remember.
5: Oh, come Willy. <laughs> You can't remember if you try. No,
1: I can't. No, I can't No I can't remember. I, I, I have these headaches, you ah, see. My God. <laughs>
5: now for the last time who wrote the Emperor Concerto? I can not think, I
1: can't think, I can't think, I can't, <laughs> think, I can't remember. How can I think with it twisting my arm? we ah, have yeah, ways of making you talk to oh, so please, please don't shine those lights in my eyes. So,
4: please let me talk to him. Hello, big boy.
2: <laughs> uh, me? I like you. Oh.
4: When this is all over, we can go away somewhere together. Look, really, don't be a fool. Tell him what he wants to know. I know this happy Heinrich. He'll stop at nothing to get what he wants. But I
1: don't know. I can't remember. I
6: have a little friend who might help to jog your memory.
4: No! No. Otto? Not that sadistic subhuman giant you keep in the cellar? Yeah. Mm. Ten minutes
6: in the Wolf mit Otto, I think we'll find
5: we'll loosen your tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for the last (laughs) time. Who? What uh, all right,
1: all right, don't beat me anymore. I'll tell you, just let me
5: yield that uh, to me.. Ah, just as I thought, a cyanide tablet. Uh, ah, we're right to that paper on W. Phoenix. Oh, all
1: right, <laughs> oh, you've beaten me, you inhuman fiend. You may have got me, but there's others all over the world. People are arming. Democracy is on the move. Yes, I tell you. Why shouldn't I tell you? Your days are numbered, Happy Heinrich. Numbered. The skies are dark over Europe now. But there in the best. in the best. the dawn is breaking. Yes, Uncle Sam is girding up his loins. His loins, I tell you, his loins. He's girding up his loins. Beethoven, it was Beethoven. Oh, I knew. I knew all the lines. Yes, yes, Beethoven.
5: Beethoven wrote the Emperor Concerto. well done, (laughs) Willie. Now, would you like to go on for the next question? No, I'll
1: stick there.
5: (laughs) Now, will you take the money or open the Lucky Box 13? Remember, it may contain a
6: high-powered car, a transistor radio, or it may be the booby prize. Well,
5: what should he do? Open 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 the box. Open the box.
1: I decided to open the box. What a <laughs> Now, yes, here's the key.
5: Come over yes, here. Yeah. Turn around. Yeah. Now, see what Frau Locke has in store for you. Oh.
1: oh, oh, it's just what I've always wanted. It's a... Love-
6: oh, well, the Bosch has beaten us. Come back next week when there'll be 300 pennies in the jackboot. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, that's one contestant who won't be back next week. Now, here are the Fraser Hayes 4 with a track from their new LP, Hepzibah, Menu. In Goes Latin. Ladies and gentlemen, the Fraser Hayes 4. In
5: every job that must be done There is an element of fun You'll find the fun and snap at the jobs again And every task you undertake Becomes a piece of cake, a lark, a spring It's very clear to see that a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine Go down, the medicine, go down, wow, medicine Go down, just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine Go down, in the most delightful way been feathering his nest, there's very little time to rest While gathering his bits of twine and twig Though quite intent in his pursuit, he has a merry tune to toot He knows a song will move the job along For a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down The medicine, go down Medicine, go down Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down In the most delightful way The honeybees that fetch the nectar From the flowers to the cone Never tire of ever buzzing to and fro Because they take a little sip From every flower that they nip And hence they find Their task is not a grind For a spoonful of sugar Sugar Helps the medicine go down The medicine go down Just a spoonful of sugar helps men
0: Our tribute to one of the world's ace crime fighters.
5: It's Horn's Law.
4: <laughs> Why, Captain Horn, you play a mean game of strip poker. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Okay,
4: Kid. I'll see you. What have you got? Well, I,
3: I've got three kings and Mr. Bun the baker.
4: I've got a full house. Oh. Your turn to take something off.
3: Oh, right. So now what shall it be? My galoshes or my balaclava?
4: Ah, don't tantalize me. Captain, you drive me to distraction.
3: No, no, you drive. I'm tired. Go, so, careful, 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 you're crushing my carnation. Captain Horn, homicide and cars washed. (laughs) What? What? I'll be over right away. Something wrong? No, Edwin Braden's disappeared. (laughs) They suspect murder.
4: Oh well, so long as it's not bad news.
3: Well, Captain, what happened was this, you see. It was during the rehearsals for Around the Horn. Braden went out to the pub for a quick drink and never came back. But from what I've heard, that's quite usual. <laughs> Have you checked all his usual haunts? Yeah, we checked the Amelia Fulbright home for down-and-out Laskers, and uh, they say his bed hasn't been slept in. Ah. And, uh, then we tried his club, the Ginger Camel in Soho, but uh, he, he hadn't tried to cash a check there for days. <laughs> Have you tried the YWCA? Well, surely he's not a member of... No, but I've often seen him hanging about outside. <laughs> now, the, the ginger camel, you say? Yeah, he was friendly with the girl on the show there, Miss Exotica does a sort of an act with a snake. Oh, good, I like animal acts. I'll pop over there and make some inquiries. Entire. Uh, Miss Exotica?
4: Oui, that is so. I don't recognize you. Have we had the pleasure?
3: No, we haven't even met.
4: <laughs>
3: I'm uh, I'm Captain Horn, police.
4: Oh, well, why didn't you say so, dearie? Oh.
3: Well, Miss Exotica now. Lil. Lil, yes, well, uh, I'm inquiring about Edwin Braden. Did you know him? Oh,
4: yes, the Major. What about him? He's uh, disappeared. Good job too. I was a decent, respectable girl till I met him. He's no good. He's low and deceitful and rotten and depraved. And I hate his guts. Here, I hope nothing's happened to him. You know, he may have been a rotter, but he was all man. Oh Patty. 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 You didn't know him like I did No When he'd take you in his arms And press you against him And kiss you passionately Oh, you don't know what it was like No,
3: but I'll take your word for it
4: Oh, oh, Captain It was like the Fourth of July And Christmas and Thanksgiving All rolled into one
3: You know, from what I've heard of Braden, I should have thought it was more like Halloween
4: I trusted him But he lied to me he said he liked my act with the snake. He said he'd get me on zoo time.
2: But he never, he never
4: did, Captain. All he did was knit me snake and flog it to an handbag manufacturer. What kind, what kind of man is that, Captain? A man who would pinch my asp and run away. Captain, you know, I'm having to do my act with the length of those pipes. <laughs> tell me, tell me, where's the exotic eastern mystery in the length of those
2: pipes? That's
3: well, about halfway down to the left. I think.
2: <laughs> I did not kill him.
3: But have you any idea who might have? Did he have any enemies?
4: Well, let me think. There was. Harry, the trombone player in the hornblower. <laughs> he hated Eddie. Well, where can I
3: find this Harry?
4: He hangs out at a softbeat beat sandwich bar near Archer Street.
6: Yeah, he, he was uncool, that Brighton. cat. He bugged me, dig.
3: <laughs> he bugged your dig? I, 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 I don't quite get this, sir. Uh... No,
6: man, you you putting me on. No, no. Ah. Uh, like, what I mean is, he, he was my connection, you know. He, 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 like, turned me on to the salt beef sandwiches, like. <laughs> so it, it become like an addiction, Dick. You don't know how it starts, do you? I mean, you, you like, have a puff at a gherkin just for
1: kicks. <laughs> <laughs> One day you wake up in a cold sweat.
5: <laughs> You've got to have the salt beef sandwich.
1: <laughs> With mustard.
5: <laughs> now, look at me, man. I've got a
1: salt beef monkey on me
5: back.
1: <laughs> no good trying to get it off.
5: Hello. <laughs> yeah, like,
3: like, no,
6: I knew Brayden, but I never killed him, honey, like.
3: You bet you had a motive. Ah, oh, yeah, baby, but so did everybody else.
6: The writers of the show. They hated him. He was he was blackmailing them. He knew they was receiving stolen jokes and passing them off as their own. <laughs> yeah, Captain, you should cheat the writers.
1: Are you, the two writers? Yeah, I'm Julian. This is my friend Sam.
3: <laughs> Surely you're those two out of work actors from Rent a Champ.
1: Yeah, so I've taken up script writing as a sideline You. Well, it's not a full week's work, oh, is not it? Quite it's quite it? For me I mean, you can't call I mean. a full week's work. <laughs> we sort of model ourselves on Mira and Norden. Yeah, I'm sort of Frank Muir. And I'm more the Christine Norden. <laughs> We do all types of writing, don't and we? do all, all types. I'm just yes. versatile. You mm. may have seen some of the things we've done. Four just men, but only just. Then we <laughs> and go ready, steady, whoops. Um, Why do you call it that? Well, I hadn't intended to, but as I was typing the time, I broke my finger fingernail on the time writer. <laughs> Scream the place I down. no. <laughs> I suffer from hypochondria. I do, I and do. West thimbles and Don't tell me. No lies.
2: <laughs>
1: and then uh, you might have seen my compact.
2: What, have you lost it? <laughs> oh!
1: Oh. Uh, nice <it's> bulge in here. <laughs>
6: No, compact. I wrote the
1: one where that Ian Harmon come into the office and burst into tears when Mrs. Chayter told him his sales was going yes, down. very touching. Yes, it was. Then Ben had this screaming round with Doug because he said he'd nicked his eyebrow tweezer. Has he? No, of course he
2: hasn't. <laughs> but,
1: Gussie confesses she's Mitch's mother, so Mitch gives Elliot Morrow a good fashion with his own stick and runs off and comes a stoker in the merchant Navy. That's right, babe.
3: Mm. But surely Mitch, uh, Mitch is a woman
5: Oh, is he?
2: <laughs>
5: I never let on
3: All right, boy
2: <laughs>
3: Well, I appreciate your problems But I'm inquiring about the mysterious disappearance of Edwin
1: Braden Oh, him, great airy fool
2: <laughs> Yes,
3: yes, that fits the description I have <laughs> Well, anyway, we believe that he's been foully slain, and all the evidence points to you two. You had the means, the motive, and the Captain Horn. Something terrible has happened. Good heavens, what? Take a grip of yourself, sir. We found Edwin Brayden dead. Worse,
5: alive. <laughs>
4: Okay, Captain, it's your call.
3: Well, I'll, uh, I'll raise you a woolly sock.
4: I'll raise you a pair of nylons.
3: A fair I'll pullover and my braces.
4: Oh, you're playing for high stakes, Captain. If you win this hand, it means I'm left with practically nothing
2: on.
3: All right, then, in that case, I'll see you. <laughs> That's Horn's Law. <laughs> all for today. We'll be back with another edition of Round the Horn next week. Before I go, here's the prize-winning entry in our limerick competition. It comes from Mrs. H. Fisher of 20 Thornfield Avenue, London, NW7. It goes like this. Two factory workers from Cork were eating their soup with a fork. One said to his friend, use the opposite end. Oh, look, I've invented the spork. <laughs> We rather like that. It was a jolly difficult Limerick to to deal with, I must say. Now, here are the opening two lines of the next competition, the winner of which will be announced in two weeks' time. They go like this, the first two lines. A Cockney was pushing his barrow through Battersea's streets wide and narrow. I'll repeat that. A Cockney was pushing his barrow through Battersea's streets wide and narrow. And enters to round the horn. BBC, London, W1, and to the centre of the best-completed limerick goes this week's prize of a glossy nude photograph of Richard Dimbleby's knees. <laughs> and I wouldn't mind going in for that myself. Well, Celio, See you next week.
0: was <laughs> round the hall. Starring Kenneth Horne with Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden, and Bill Petrie. On the musical side, you heard the Fraser Hayes Four and Edwin Brayton and the Hornblowers. The script was written by Barry Took and Marty Feldman and produced by John Simmons.